Welcome to the Renew Life Church podcast. No matter what situation we find ourselves facing, we know that God wants to speak clearly to us. So wherever you're listening from today, we want to thank you for being here. Grab a cup of coffee and join us as we tune in to our Sunday conversation. Good morning, Renew Life, Renew Life Church. Welcome. Uh, so glad you're joining us, whether you're joining us live in the sanctuary or joining us online. Uh, maybe you're joining us from somewhere other than Midland. Uh, we welcome you too. Uh, what an incredible season this is for the church. What an incredible opportunity it's been for both of us, both me as a church leader, you just as a Jesus follower, uh, to, to plug into what God's doing in churches all over the world. Uh, definitely one of those things where what the devil meant for harm, God's turned around for our good. I've grown as a leader, seeing what leaders from all over the country are doing, how they're leading their churches. I know for me, that's developed me. And I hope you're taking advantage of that, following along on, on podcasts and video podcasts and streams uh, from all over the world. What an incredible opportunity to continue to grow and hear what God's not just saying to our church, but what he's saying to the church. Uh, an incredible opportunity to come together as the body of Christ. So again, we welcome you here. Uh, we're going to jump right in today to today's message. Today's going to be a bit more, uh, a little bit more of a teaching. Obviously, last week I was very, uh, very heartfelt in some of the things that I shared. Uh, I'm pre-recording this on a Wednesday, and so we are literally the day before our live panel uh, uh, on an honest conversation. So I actually can't wait to see what that. Uh, what that brings, and, and I hope you followed along and watched it, and it was incredible. But uh, it, last week was unique, not, last week was different, just talking about the, the state of our country, uh, the state of our country, the things we're going through as a human race, and just what our roles and responsibilities are. And I just want to just touch on this real quick before we jump into today's message, and I hadn't planned on doing this till, till just right now, but um, this week has sparked so much. I've got people uh, Facebook messaging me, calling me, texting me. So many people are so confused as to what they're supposed to think, how they're supposed to feel. I would just encourage us all right now. Everyone has a different response to this. Everyone needs to seek the Holy Spirit as to what their response to this is supposed to be. And if anywhere in your response, anywhere in what, you, what you're, you're sensing or feeling, if it's not bringing people together, think again. <laughs> Try again. If it's not bringing bringing healing, if it's not bringing hope, if it's not bringing courage uh, to other people, just try again. Uh, Again, there are other perspectives out there, some that I don't even necessarily, uh, they're not what I feel like is what I'm supposed to be saying right now, but as I listen to other leaders and what they're saying, I'm like, that's that's truth. I don't think it's wisdom for me to say that, uh, but I think it's truth. And so I would just encourage you, continue to listen and to seek the face of God and, and the voice of God for what he's doing in this thing on, season on so many different levels. But don't just listen to see oh, if it, whatever so-and-so says, that's what I'm going to do. Or whatever Braden says, that's what I'm going to do. You need to seek the Lord. Get, uh, hear what your conviction is. Find out what your conviction is and what you're supposed to be doing in this season. But again, if it's not bringing people together, if it's not from a posture of humility, if it's not from a posture of trying to advance the kingdom of God, simply put, try again. Uh, and I'll just leave that right there. But we're going to jump into today's message. It's going to be, again, like I said, a bit of a teaching. Turn to James chapter 3. Uh, this is something that's actually been on my heart for several weeks now. Uh, I've tried to, to, to talk about this. And again, some things like last week uh, seem to take precedent. But I'm really excited to talk about this today. Um, while you're turning to James chapter 3, I want to just kind of introduce a phrase for some of you. Some of you have heard this, but I don't know if you've ever heard of um, different church movements, not denominations. There's obviously Baptists and, and Methodists and Church of Christ and Lutheran and Pentecostals, and, and, and we call those denominations. But I actually grew up in what was not referred to as a denomination, but more of a, a camp or a movement, if you will. And it was called the Word of Faith Movement. 
And I don't know if you've ever heard that. Uh, for, for anyone who has, or most people who has, when you even say that, it's a bit of a lightning rod. So as soon as you say word of faith, uh, certain things come to mind. As soon as you say word of faith, you'll hear, uh, oh, that's them prosperity preachers. Or, oh, that's that, that's that name it, claim it group, or that blab it, grab it group. And, uh, and I actually want to talk to you about words today. I'm, I came from the blab it, grab it group. I came from the confess it, possess it group. That's, that's where I came from. And it was interesting, because growing up in the word of faith, my mom and dad, uh, I, I love this, that they had such a passion for the Word of God. The Word of Faith movement and, and some of the leadership there uh, changed the course of history for my entire family. And uh, names like Kenneth Copeland and Kenneth Hagin and, and, and Keith Moore and, and, and names like that, they were very, a very big part of the development of not just me, but my family as a whole. And so um, I remember we, my mom especially was so passionate about us as, as kids getting the Word of God uh, on the inside of us, some of you have heard the stories. My mom made us little confession books and prayer books when we were young, and we had to say our prayers and say our confessions and read our scriptures and, and learn our word. And, uh, but I even remember we would take vacations, family vacations, to church conferences. And we, didn't have, we really didn't even have the money to go. So what we would do is my mom, would get co- or mom and dad would get coolers, and we'd have, not Dr. Pepper. Some of y'all don't know about Dr. Thunder. Dr. Thunder is where we were at in those days. And so we, were, we had our Dr. Thunder, and then we had some, some, some Spam salad sandwiches and some pimento cheese sandwiches and a cooler in the car. And so between church services, we'd go to Fort Worth to this one conference in the middle of August every year, unbelievably hot. And between church services, they'd have speakers all day long, morning to night, all day long. And we were there all day long. And between sessions, we'd go out to the van. We had a van. And we'd go out to the van and get us a Dr. Thunder or something like that and, uh, and, a, and a sandwich. And we would eat by the fountain. There was out the, outside the Fort Worth Convention Center, there was this fountain. Uh, and I remember that. And I, and I just want to say this. I'll, I'll never forget how much my mom and dad valued not just putting life's experiences into their kids, putting the Word of God into their kids. So many families have family traditions, and you're, you're teaching your children, we will never not go snow skiing on spring break. We will never not go to the lake on Memorial Day weekend. And, and I'm not against any of those uh, family traditions or things like that, but I would just encourage you, and, or maybe ask you the question, do your kids equally know that there are some things that we will put the kingdom of God first? There are some things that never come before the kingdom of God. And I love that about my family. I love that about my parents, how I grew up knowing, come August, we're going to the Believers Convention. That's where we're headed. We're going to sit by that fountain and drink some Dr. Thunder by the fountain. And so I'm, I'm thankful that I had that. And I remember, uh, I just remember those times. And even from a young age, I would ask my parents at times, different speakers ministered to me differently. And there was one particular speaker who, uh, I, when I was even really small, and would go to the children, supposed to go to the children's classrooms. I would ask my mom, hey, let me know when so-and-so's preaching because I want to come into big church. So we called it big church. And uh, so I just, I'll, I'll never forget those things. And even as a young child, the word of God was being planted in my heart. And I, I don't know that I'd call myself a, a, of the same camp today. I actually don't like the concept of camps and denominations and things like that. I understand that God's still using those. Uh, but I, I can't say I'm a word of faith guy today. Uh, but I'm not anti-word of faith. And I'm not anti these guys that helped change my life and shape my life. And I'm definitely, definitely not anti the things they taught me that came straight out of the Bible. Let me just say that again. Straight out of the Bible. 
So many times the prosperity movement or the, 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 the confession, the, the name it, claim it, blab it, grab it group, it gets connected to, oh, that's, that's one of those things that Kenneth Copeland always says. Or that's one of those things that, that Kenneth Hagin always says. Or, and, and we attach those things to a name of a human being on this planet. And, and I just, I want to ask you a question. If those things are not just something Kenneth Copeland said, but they're something Jesus said, would you believe it? If it's something that Kenneth Hagin said or some, some name that you've attached, something that you don't like. And again, I'm not advocating saying everything everyone in that movement's done is right. There ain't nothing nobody's done that's all right. But what I'm saying is if, it's set, if, if, if I can show you some things in Scripture, will you believe it? If I can show you that the Bible actually talks to us about the power of our words, that the Bible actually says that our words matter, and that we have a responsibility and an opportunity to activate creative power by what, by what comes out of our mouth, would you, would you at least say, you know what, instead of me start, starting continuing to say that's, that's what Kenneth Copeland said or that's what these TV preachers say, can we just say that's what Jesus said and be willing to say maybe it's what I need to start saying. If it's something Jesus said, it's something I need to say. I want to read to you from James chapter 3. I just... Uh, this, this passage of Scripture, and, and, and again, this seems to sum it up the best. There's, there's, I hate when people do this. I hate when people don't, they'll, they'll take an abstract Scripture, and they'll say, well, you know what the Bible says, the Lord gives and the Lord takes away. Said the Bible one time <laughs> in, a, in a unique scenario with no context. But then the things that the Bible's consistent on, if they don't understand it, because the Bible is filled with Scriptures on the power of our words, the importance of the things that come out of our mouth. And because it seems abstract or it seems hard to wrap our head around or it came from someone that maybe we don't agree with the car that they drive or the clothes that they wear or the watch that they wear, that, that maybe we say, no, that, that, that can't be the Bible. I'm telling you, we're going to read from James chapter 3, but, well, multiple scriptures. But this is something that comes from, this is something that is a thread throughout Scripture, Old Testament and New Testament, which I'm going to read some of both today. But let me just read this Scripture. and just I'm going to read it slow. It's quite a few verses. I think it's 10 verses. Let's just listen to this. It says, Dear brothers and sisters, not many of you should become teachers in the church, for we who teach will be judged more strictly. Indeed, we all make many mistakes. For if we could control our tongues, we would be perfect. And, all, and could also control ourselves in every other way. We can make a large horse go wherever we want by means of a small bit in its mouth. And a small rudder makes a huge ship turn wherever the pilot chooses to go, even though the winds are strong. And in the same way, the tongue is a small thing that makes grand speeches. But a tiny spark can set a great forest on fire. And among, among all the parts of the body, the tongue is a flame of fire. It is a whole world of wickedness corrupting your entire body. It can set your whole life on fire, for it is set on fire by hell itself. Strong words. People can tame all kinds of animals, birds, reptiles, and fish, but no one can tame the tongue. It is a restless, it is, it is restless and evil, full of deadly poison. Sometimes it praises our Lord and Father, and sometimes it curses those who have been made in the image of God. And so blessing and cursing come pouring out of the same mouth, and let's just think about this. The last piece of this scripture, it says, Surely, my brothers and sisters, this is not right. This is not right. What is, what, is James, what is James teaching us here? What is James telling us here? 
he's reminding us of a simple phrase, words matter. Words matter. The things that come out of our mouth, they matter. Uh, That's one of the things that concerns me the most right now in this season of our country that with, with social media and pressure and, the, it, and even the, the, the tentiousness of some of the things we're dealing with from COVID-19 to economic crisis to rach, racial injustice to all, all these different things. And again, it doesn't matter what side of the aisle you're on, on any of those, of those things. I mean, obviously COVID and economy, we want a good, strong economy. We, don't, we want COVID to go away. But you, you hear my heart. The, the thing that concerns me the most right now is that people are speaking very freely. People are saying or posting on social media anything and everything that comes out of their mouth, comes to their mind. And it's, it's just bizarre to me. And let me just say this. If you've ever, you may have heard me say this at church, but can I just say this? As an American, you have freedom of speech. As a Christian, you do not. As American, you have amendments that say, I can say whatever I want. But you have a Bible that says your maturity is equal to your ability to control the things that come out of your mouth. We actually have to take responsibility for some of the things that come out of our mouth. I put this on a social media post earlier this week. We're supposed to be slow to speak and quick to listen. Slow to speak, quick to listen. I would encourage all of us in this season right now, just slow down. Just slow down. Before you just a snap response to something on whatever side, myself included, these are things that I've had to do. It's okay, something strong's coming up in me. In me. It's, it's, I had someone say this this week. I'm just so passionate about this, I had to say something. See, my passion does not determine what I have to say. The Bible determines what I have to say and what I don't have to say. Not my emotions, not my passion, not my conviction. When emotion and passion and conviction come stirring up on the inside of me, what I have to do is I have to take all those things, filter that through the Word of God and say, is this something I'm supposed to say or is this something I need to work on on the inside? Does this need to be a a, a dialogue that Braden has with Braden on the inside? before Braden releases those words. And I'll just say, I, I think as we continue to read and, and talk about some of this today, you might realize how powerful those words are, how dangerous those words could be if not filtered through the word. And it might give us uh, cause for pause uh, when, when, when posting things or just saying what, whatever, comes, whatever comes to mind. Do our words matter? Obviously, by now, I'm, I'm, I'm stating the case that they matter very much. But just to, to drive the point home a little bit more, what did God use to create the world we live in today? He didn't use hand signals. He didn't use, uh, he didn't even use, he didn't even use, uh, didn't even use uh, dirt alone. <laughs> he didn't, I know he created, he created man out of the dust of the earth. But before there was dust, he created the dust with words. He created everything on the planet with words, not a hammer and a nail, not technology, not any of those things. The Bible says that God said, and there was. God said, and there was. He used the creative power of words to create the world that he wanted. Let me ask you another question. How did you get born again? If if you are born again, if you are a a believer, a Jesus follower, how did you get born again? Well, this might shock some of you. So why just believe in Jesus? Well, I'm here to tell you that believing in Jesus won't get you there. 
It won't get you there. And I, that's ruffling some feathers right now. I believe in Jesus. I believe in Jesus. I've been going to church. Doesn't get you there. <laughs> Here's what the Bible says in Romans chapter 10, starting in verse 8. It says, but what does it say? The word is near you in your mouth and in your heart. That is the word of faith, which we preach, which that's actually where the word of faith movement came was from this right here, the word of faith, which we preach. Verse 9 says that if you confess with your mouth, the Lord Jesus, and believe in your heart that God raised him from the dead, you will be saved. For with your heart you believe unto righteousness, but with your mouth confession is made unto salvation. So the very way that your sin nature was recreated, keyword created, recreated into something perfect and righteous was not because of what you believed. It's because of what you said. You became a believer. You became a Christian. You went from darkness to light because of the words that came out of your mouth. If you've never done that right now, it's, it's that simple. Say, man, Lord, I, as we're sitting here right now, watching in the, in, in the theater or watching online, just it's this simple. Say it right now. It's like, Lord, Lord I believe. I need you. I want you to save me. Make, me. make me the righteousness of God in Christ Jesus. That's what it takes. It takes your words. So Jesus, cre- God created the world we live in today with words. He recreated the world you get to live in as the righteousness of God through your words and the power of your words. So I think you start to get a, a, an idea of how powerful our words are, how much our words actually matter. I want to go back to James 3 and uh, just, just some things the Lord showed me, some, some teaching points, if you will, on, on three things that the tongue controls, three spheres of influence that the tongue has, three things that the tongue can accomplish. Number one is power. Power. The tongue controls power. If you go back in James 3, what it says, it says a small bit controls a big horse. A a small bit can control the direction of a powerful horse. Throughout history, horses have been used to symbolize power. Even in our vehicles, we want to know how how strong, how powerful is that vehicle. I want to know how many horsepower it has. And so the, the, the writer here, James says, uh, in the same way that a small bit controls a lot of power, so does your tongue. So, does the wor- so do the words that come out of your mouth. I want to read you a scripture because the Bible tells us that we have access to power. We have access to power, and it's called the Holy Spirit. It's called the person of the Holy Spirit. Here's what it says in Acts chapter 1, verse 8. It says, but you will receive power... When the Holy Spirit comes on you, and you will be my witnesses in Jerusalem and all Judea and Samaria and to the ends of the earth. So if, you ever, if you've ever wondered what is one of the primary purposes or primary roles of the Holy Spirit, um, it's power. It's to give us power. And, and, and I think that this is interesting, and this has been debated for so, many, so, for so long, um, particularly the area of tongues. I've had people say, well, I, I feel like I received the Holy Spirit and I, I, I had the Holy Spirit come upon me, not just in me. When the Holy Spirit comes in you when you're born again, he makes his home with you. But I've had the Holy Spirit come upon me. I've been baptized, if you will. That's why they call it baptized in the Holy Spirit. When you're baptized in water, the water comes upon you. You're immersed in the water. Same thing with the Holy Spirit. The Holy Spirit comes on you. 
Uh, I've had people say, well, I've been baptized by the Holy Spirit. I've, been, uh, I, I, I've, I've received that, but I didn't get tongues. Well, there are some scriptures later on, if you follow the disciples, uh, there, were some, there were some scriptures, or at least two that I know of, where it says they were, they were baptized in the Holy Spirit or filled with the Holy Spirit, and they prophesied. So I, I admit that I, I can't build a theology that says if you're not speaking in tongues, you've not been baptized in the Holy Spirit. The Holy Spirit's never come upon you. But I think it, instead of trying to find ways to not do something the Bible says, why don't we try to find ways to do things that the Bible says? Instead of trying to find, well, there's a technicality here, and so I actually don't have to stretch my faith. I actually don't have to grow. I actually don't have to go after this power that the Bible said is a good thing for me. Let's don't look for that. But here's what's interesting. The Holy Spirit, power that Jesus promised we would get when we received the Holy Spirit, that would come on us when we received the Holy Spirit. The first thing that happened in the natural when the first disciples received the Holy Spirit was they began to speak in tongues. So you see something similar. You see a a connection here. Power and words. Power showed up in tongues. As if to say there's the power showed up with the power of cre- the creative power of words, the creative power of a language, tongues, the ability to pray the perfect prayer outside your, just a little side note, what is praying in tongues? Praying is submitting your flesh and your body and your mind to the Holy Spirit and allowing the Holy Spirit, God himself, to use your body to pray his prayer. Now, who in the world would not want to say, well, I'll say who wouldn't say this, it's someone who Jesus is their Savior, but not yet their Lord. We love the concept of Jesus, our Savior. We want him to keep us from hell. In fact, so many of us, that's actually why we got saved, especially as a little kid. Some crazy preacher said, you want to go to hell, son? No, no, it's really not a hard decision. Hot or cold, high or low, heaven or hell. No hell, please. So we we, we made that decision, and, and we love the fact that he's our Savior. But is he the Lord of your life? Part of People struggling with receiving their prayer languages, prayer language. It's not a it's not a Holy Spirit problem, it's a Lord problem. It's there's still fear of man gripping me. There's still lack of faith gripping me that I have not submitted my whole being to anything that God has for me. If you're if you're listening to that, I feel like the Holy Spirit's on that actually right now. If you've said, Man, I've always wanted to receive my prayer language, I've always wanted to speak in tongues, I I, I encourage you, begin to declare out of your own math, out of your own mouth. Jesus is not just my Savior, Jesus is my Lord. And Lord, because I give you control, Holy Spirit, I now give you control to pray through me and see what happens. I think that that's just a a word from the Lord right there. Tongues and power. Holy Spirit showed up, power. Tongues came with it. Our words have power. I actually have the ability, and we see this through other gifts of the Spirit. When I when I, if I want to see something changed in someone's body, I don't think a thought about their body. I don't think cancer leave their body. I don't think COVID-19, you have no place in their home. I don't, I don't think, I don't have power by thinking it. The power comes when I open my mouth and I say it. The power to see sickness turn into wholeness comes when I declare out of my mouth what happened on that cross, what the blood of Jesus, what the beaten body of Jesus gave me access to. Power, you have to learn. If you're in a situation right now where your business is struggling and every, the, your, the, the oil prices are, are, are falling or the restaurant industry is collapsing and you may be in that restaurant industry and you're thinking there's no way. You, you, 
Hear what I'm saying? You might be thinking, there's no way I can come back from this. The words, there's no way that you can come back with, from this, they have power. And they have power to take you whichever direction you're willing to open your mouth and say. So I encourage you. The Bible says, take every thought captive to the obedience of Christ. And all things are possible to him who believes. So when the thought come, comes to your mind that there's no way my old company can come back from this. There's no way my restaurant can come back from this. There's no way my marriage can come back from this. After what she did, after what he did, after what he's been looking at, after who she's been sleeping with. There's, there's no way I can forgive. There's no way I can move on. There's no way. Um, here's what I'll say. If you say so. If you say so. My Bible is teaching me right here. It's teaching us right now. I will have whatever I say. I have the power to build the life that I want. I have the power to get back the marriage that I thought I lost. I have the power to recreate wealth in, in the area of oil and gas or at my restaurant. I have the power to get things back on track. Only at the rate I'm willing to open my mouth and by faith release power. I feel like I'm preaching. There's like no one in here. Like I need like a rag swinging or something. Just somebody give me an amen. Someone from the cam, cam, camera crew is giving us an amen. There we go. Um, number two, uh, what is another thing that the, that the tongue controls? Number two, uh, direction. It says that the tongue is like a small rudder that if the pilot chooses to point it that way, the whole ship goes wherever that small rudder directed by the pilot, it, where that small rudder has the ability to turn a whole ship. I'm telling you right now that your words have the ability to change and shape the direction of your life. They have the ability to change. This is, here's an area where I, I learned this the most. When I was really starting to learn who I was in Christ um, and, and what it meant to be the righteousness of God in Christ Jesus, I would have thoughts. I would have thoughts of shame, thoughts of guilt. When I would make a mistake, the thoughts would flood me of what a sinner I was, what a hypocrite I was, what a poor leader I was, what a poor father I was, what a poor husband I was. Those thoughts would flood my mind. We all deal with this. We, we deal with negative thoughts flooding our mind. When those thoughts come into our mind, we have a choice to change and shape the direction of our life from that point forward. I have the ability to say, no, I, I'm not a poor leader. I'm not a poor father. I'm going to grow up and be everything God's called me to be. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to have power over that sin. That sin doesn't have power over me. What Jesus did on the cross tells me that sin has no longer power, no longer has power over me. That addiction doesn't have power over me. Pornography doesn't have power over me. Lust doesn't have power over me. When I'm saying these words, not when I'm thinking these thoughts, but when I'm saying these words, I am shaping the direction of my life. I'm shaping a life that no longer deals with this issue. I'm shaping my life in the direction of a marriage that I've always dreamed that I would have or children that grow up and serve God with all of their heart. I'm shaping the direction of my life. I'm using this rudder. I'm using my tongue as a rudder to send this ship in the direction that I want it to go. Question, what direction are you sending your ship? Where are you sending your life. What are the words that are coming out of your mouth? Uh, th th there's a scripture in Luke chapter 6, verse 45. It says, out of the abundance of the heart, the mouth speaks. If it's very difficult for you to say faith-filled things, I would wonder how much faith-filled things or how many faith-filled things are actually in your heart. Because the Bible says that faith comes by hearing and hearing by the word of God. So I, I, there's, there's a process here. 
that I have to create disciplines in my life that faith is, and, and the word of God is getting down in my heart. That faith is getting in my heart. Why? So that when pressure comes, when a negative thought comes, when something contrary to the kingdom of God enters my mind, when the enemy plants a thought in my mind or an unredeemed fleshly thought comes into my mind, that there's so much faith on the inside of me, negativity doesn't fly out of my mouth because negativity is not what my heart's full of. Out of the abundance of the heart, the mouth speaks. I've got to get the word in. So that when the pressure comes, the word comes out. And why would, what we're talking about, why would I want the word coming out? Because I want the word shaping the direction of my life, not the circumstances. I want the word of God. I want the promises of God shaping where I'm going, not fear and insecurity and shame and the, and, 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 and the, and the economic crisis or COVID-19. These have no place shaping my life. But they're given a place. People wonder this all the time. Like, well, why do bad things still happen? Why is the devil still able to do this? Why, 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 why? The devil only have as much power as you're willing to give him. And here's how you give him power. Repeat what he's telling you. (laughs) That's how we empower the devil. When he puts shameful thoughts in your head about who you're not, you give him power. You give shame power by opening your mouth and saying you're not worthy. That's, That's the only way the enemy has any access into our life. Out of the abundance of the heart, the mouth speaks. That's why I believe with all of my heart, what the enemy went for harm, God's turning for his good. In this season right now, so many churches, so many people, so many leaders are being forced to get, use technology to get more word out than they've ever done before. And I'm telling you, as Christians start plugging in and creating daily routines and habits, I've been saying this for years, don't just come to church on Sunday. Go to church Monday in your car with a podcast while you're driving to and from work. Have a, have a book going. Have the Word of God. The Bible says meditate on the Word day and night. You ought to have that Word coming in all the time. What's another good reason to have that Word coming in? So that the Word is abundant in my heart. And if the Word of God, the promises of God, the goodness of God is abundant in my heart, then according to Scripture, when I open my mouth, fear's not coming out, doubt's not coming out, unbelief's not coming out, righteousness, unrighteousness is not coming out, but faith is coming out and creating the world, creating the life that God had for me all along, creating the life that he came to give me when he died on the cross. Your mouth, like a rudder, is pointing your ship in the direction that it's going. Last thing, and this is not fun to think about, but it's what the Bible says. The Bible also uh, likens the, uh, the tongue to a spark. And a couple little words are just like a little spark but it can set ablaze an entire forest. One little spark, one giant fire. Proverbs 18, 21 says it this way. Death and life are in the power of the tongue, and those who love it will eat its fruit. I have the ability, I have the ability to, by faith, begin to shape the world I'm living in, to send my life in the direction I want it to go, to to, to release power into this world, but I also have the ability to light fires. Ask yourself, am I, am, is my tongue so out of control that I'm lighting fires that I'm still paying for one week, one year, one decade later? Husbands, stop acting like the words that you say to your wife don't matter. Mothers and fathers, stop acting like it's okay for you to lose your temper and say things to your children. We have a, we have a generation that's out of control emotionally. They have not been taught how to how to control their emotions, and I propose to you that they're doing what they've seen at home. 
they're talking like dad talks. They're talking like mom talks. They've not seen what it looks like to have an emotion and submit the emotion through the filter of the word of God before they react to that emotion. I, I, this is a touchy subject, but the, the, the lesbian and gay community, the devil, the enemy is plants a thought that there's something different, not wrong. He doesn't say something's wrong with you. He says there's something different about you. I know you're a girl, but you actually were created to like other girls. And then all of a sudden, you'll look at a girl and go, oh, wow, she's pretty or whatever. I like her as a personality, which every person says of the same sex all the time. But all of a sudden, the enemy's got a thought in you that says, no, but yet yours is different. It's not just, well, like uh, one guy can say another guy's funny or another girl can say another girl's cute. No, no, this one, there's actually something different about you. And all of a sudden, an emotion stirs up. And now you're questioning, what am I? Who am I? How was I made? The inability to take that emotion and filter it through the Word of God and say, how should I feel? Not how do I feel, how should I feel? Because I'll just tell you right now, sometimes how do I feel? I feel like slapping somebody. I feel like punching somebody. I feel like cussing somebody out. And, and you know what's interesting? We don't, well, you, you can't just do whatever you feel, especially if we're not going to live by the Constitution, we live by the Bible, in the same way that I don't get to say anything that I feel. The feelings are real. I really do want to punch you. With all my heart, punch in the face. I want to kick your neck off. But I can't do that. <laughs> I got everybody laughing. I was say kick my neck off. I, I'm just saying, we, we understand that very clearly that I'm not supposed to respond to emotions that are, are not what the Bible says. But that's what's happening. That, that's exactly what's happening. And all of a sudden, these emotions are getting out of control. Where does that start? Mo- mothers, fathers, teach your kids that even when they do something wrong, even when they mess up and you're angry, that your anger doesn't produce words that are lighting a fire that will destroy a forest. Too many of our young people are having to get inner healing and help later on in life because of sparks that were lit by mothers and fathers and teachers and coaches and pastors who did not have their mouths under control, that did not have their mouths submitted to the Word of God. Final thought. You got power. You got the ability to determine direction, but you can also destroy. You you, got to get control of your mouth. And I go back to what the word said there in James 3. Someone who can control their mouth is perfect. When you look that word perfect up in the Greek, it actually means mature, fully grown, fully mature. It doesn't mean you don't have flaws. We all know that mature people have flaws. But what this scripture is telling me is maturity equals control your mouth. You want to see who's mature? Show me someone who controls their mouth. You want to see someone who's mature? You want to see a politician who's mature, a a pastor who's mature, someone on Facebook who has a mature perspective? Who are the ones that don't seem to be giving snap answers and snap responses to everything that goes on? Who are the ones whose words are measured, who are thought through? That's, That's maturity. And it's very important that we take this seriously. It's very important that we take the Bible seriously. So you know what? I've got to get control of my mouth. I've got to get control of the things. I am, I am releasing power, at direction, destruction. I've got to get control of my mouth. And I, again, I propose to you that it begins, how do you get control of your mouth? Make sure that your heart is full of faith. Your heart is full of the word. So that without having to tell your mouth all the time what to say, when you open your mouth, you're so full of the word. You're so full of the thing. Like Jesus said, I only say what I hear my father say. 
You're so full on the things that your Father has said, that the Holy Spirit has said, that Jesus has said, that the Word of God has said, that when you open your mouth, you cannot help but release faith, release goodness, and release hope. Thanks for tuning in today. You can stay connected with Renew Life Church by following us on Facebook or Instagram or by visiting our website at www.renewlifechurch.com. We love you and hope you feel encouraged from this message today.